This is Love Marriage Again with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to embrace their marriage and feel completely in love with their husbands again. If you are a wife looking to create a happier marriage by transforming yourself, you've come to the right place. Here you will be inspired to fully accept your husband, be in control of your own happiness, and create a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan here. I am delighted to be with you today. This is my absolute favorite time of the year, this period between Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year. And I am always thinking about what people are going through right? This is a time of major celebration for me and my family, but I also recognize that when you're really struggling in your marriage, it can also be a challenging time where you have the gatherings and the people and the time together more often than you might during other parts of the year, which can create a lot more opportunities for conflict and issues. And so in honor of this time of year, I want to provide you with an amazing resource that I created that will help you get through the holidays fight free. In fact, this is a training series called Fight Free Holidays, and I created it with the intention of helping you navigate three particular aspects of communication. The first is avoiding arguments in the first place, which I'm sure all of us would like to have many fewer arguments or difficult conversations that don't end well. The second goal was to help you to de-escalate arguments or tense conversations so that you actually end on a positive note And then the third goal was to help you quickly recover when those conversations do go wrong because inevitably they will. So these next three podcast episodes are going to be dedicated to sharing that training with you. It is a training that I announced and delivered quite quickly, so quickly, in fact, I did not even have a chance to share it with you here on the podcast, but I want this information to be accessible to you and to live on in a format that you can easily get to whenever you need it, not only during the holiday season, but at any point in the year. So I hope that you enjoy the next three weeks where I will be sharing each week one of the trainings. These were mini trainings where I taught for a portion and then responded to questions from the live audience. I know you will find it valuable. I know you will find it helpful. And it is my desire that you have an amazing and enjoyable holiday season that is fight free between you and your spouse. So get your pen, get your paper, 
and be ready to take action on this information that you are going to hear. Hello, we are at day two of our Fight Free Holidays training. And here we go with everything that we're going to be talking about today. I really think you can start wherever you want with this series. So if you didn't listen to day one, it doesn't preclude you from sort of getting everything you need out of this day, because today we're going to be talking about de-escalating arguments. And it's a slightly different skill set than avoiding the argument in the first place, which is what day one was all about. So I thought I would approach this idea of arguments in a slightly different angle than I did yesterday. Last night, I gave the anatomy of an argument. And so today, I wanted to dive a little bit more into the mindset that creates arguments in relationships. And there are four thoughts that are usually running through your mind or your spouse's mind that is leading to an argument happening. Those include some variation of my point is most important here. Raise your hand if you feel that is you sometimes. (laughs) My feelings are most important here. My perspective is most important here. Or being right is most important here. Okay. So it's usually some combination of those things that is leading to the argument happening, right? And what happens when these things are the priority, when your point, your feelings, your perspective being right is the priority, you have no room for connection, for understanding, for love, to be the thing that is holding up the conversation, right? And so you always have to remember that when you're trying to prove your point, when you're trying to push your agenda on your perspective, on your partner, you are doing so at the expense of the things that you really want, right? And so much of this is keeping in front of you and keeping in mind what it is you actually want. And usually when you're having a conversation, that's a tough conversation, or you're sharing feedback or expressing a need or desire, it's because you're trying to get closer to being happy together. But many times the way we approach it makes us more unhappy than happy, right? So as we begin this conversation about how to de-escalate an argument and actually end on a good note, I want you to define for yourself what ending on a good note would actually be for you, right? It's important to know what that is for you. And it may vary depending on the context. It may vary depending on exactly what it is that you are talking about. But what would it look like for you to actually end on a good note? You want to be super clear about that. And it really ties into, in many ways, your intentions and starting the conversation in the first place. So just some examples of what ending on a good note might look like is 
really having a solution identified to something that you're grappling with or a clear next step, right? So like maybe a decision needs to be made or maybe you're bumping up against an issue and you want to come together to create solutions so that thing is not an issue for you again or moving forward, right? So a good note for you might be, we reached a decision. We know what our next steps are, or I feel like we're moving towards a workable solution. Another possible good ending to a conversation is that you just feel heard and understood. This is what many of my clients express that they want so much. I just want him to understand me, right? I just want her to be happy. That's usually what the husbands are saying. But let's take this idea of the desire to be understood. And I always like to dissect it. And I want you to think about this for yourself. Why is it that you want to be understood? Is it truly for the sake of having maybe empathy of like, hey, I understand that this is hard for you. I understand that you're upset. I understand that you're overwhelmed or stressed out. I understand that you're feeling really sad or hurt. Is that really the good note ending that you want from your partner? Or is it more than that? And I think we throw out this word understanding. I just want my spouse to understand me. And we don't really look like deeply at maybe what some of those ulterior motives are. And usually when I ask my clients this question, they're like, yeah, I want him to more than just understand me. I want him to actually respond or demonstrate that understanding in some way. And so you also want to be really clear about is your intention is the good ending, a commitment or an agreement to do things differently. Right. So if you're feeling understood and you really want that understanding because you think when your partner understands you, they're going to do things differently, you just want to be clear about that. Because when you're unclear and when you think you're trying to achieve one thing in a conversation, but really there's this like subconscious or unconscious ulterior motive, that's going to create a little bit of frustration in you that's going to be more likely to lead to the argument. So you really want to be super clean there with yourself in being onto yourself. Like, do I really just want understanding or do I want them to say something differently or do something differently as a result of this conversation? Right? So with that, I want to actually just now dive into the strategies. And I'm going to give you four specific things. And as I share these, the goal is not to like consume all this information and try to implement it all right away. I want you to, for now, pick one. And the great thing about this is you'll have this recording throughout the holiday season. So you can actually just go back through and keep refreshing yourself and maybe try a different strategy on a different day or a different week. So this is about not just like getting a wide range of knowledge, but it's about going deep with one thing that you know is your work or is the one thing that you definitely haven't been doing or definitely want to try and experiment with to see how it makes a difference. Okay. So the first one is pausing. This is literally always the first thing and one of my favorite things to offer people. And 
it's not easy, right? I'm going to like just be with you as a human who's had my own share of trouble pausing, right? And I want you to recognize that the pause in your conversation can happen at any point. It can happen as soon as you are aware that you are getting highly emotionally reactive that you are pushing your agenda, that you are only listening to respond, like all of those negative communication cues, when you realize that those are happening for yourself, you really want to push the pause button. And it requires discipline, which you know we don't really talk a lot about in the coaching space, but in some instances, you really do have to catch yourself and make a commitment to yourself that you're not going to push a conversation when you know the right thing to do is to pause. Sometimes I describe it, even for myself, when I notice it happening as like watching a train wreck, right? It's just like, I know I should be quiet right now, but like, I really have to say this thing. Right. And so again, you can, you can say the thing, but also recognize that it's coming at the sacrifice of the connection and understanding and all the loving, wonderful things you actually want to be a part of your communication. Right. So again, when I suggest a pause anytime in the conversation, and I like to start with just seven to 10 seconds, right? Sometimes you might need an actual break, which we're going to talk about next, but seven to 10 seconds of just like breathing, collecting yourself, and then starting again, right? Number two, in terms of strategies is let your spouse have the floor. Oh, I know. I know sometimes you're like, wait, but I brought the conversation to them. Why am I going to let them like hijack this conversation that's about me and my feelings, right? Again, just notice the agenda that might be there. So what I mean by this is let them have the floor first. This is important again, when you are trying to de-escalate an argument. So you've brought something to them and they've responded in maybe an undesirable way or defensive way or dismissive way. And usually what we do is we counter that. We try to stop them from being defensive or dismissive. And I want you to lean back, right? Not necessarily from a place of like disempowerment and like letting them run the show, But it is from this place of like mutual respect that their perspective and experience is just as important as yours, right? Which we talked about yesterday. So when I say pause and let them have the floor, it's just giving them the space to get out what they need to get out so they can then be receptive and open to hearing you. Basic needs first, right? We hear that in terms of like Maslow hierarchy of needs, where it's the psychologist that talks about like, before you can be self-aware or self-actualized or like reach into your highest potential, you got to have food, you got to have shelter, you got to have water and clothes. You have to have your basic needs met first, then you can focus on higher order things. 
Same with communication sometimes that if you're finding your spouse is not really receptive and really argumentative or really defensive, you want to just lean back and let them have the floor. It's almost like let them get out everything that they need to get out. Don't even rush them in the process, right? Like you're being the energy that you want that conversation to be about. So some ways that you can do that is to just stop talking right? Which requires that pause, but to just stop talking and offer them like, okay, clearly it's really important that you get out what you need to get out. So tell me more, right? They're like key phrases in the communication world that help open someone up so that they keep talking to you, right? Which is actually what you want a lot of the times. So tell me more. What else? I hear you. Keep going right? Those little phrases can really help someone like feel heard, which then opens them up to hearing you and will keep the conversation at a much more like manageable, calm level, right? And then number three, strategy number three is to take a break. Take a break from the conversation. This is something just like the pause that can happen anytime you feel that it's necessary right? So I want you to think about taking a break, being an act of love and honor for both you and your spouse. It's like, hey, this conversation, I'm getting really upset. I'm getting really defensive. I'm not feeling like I'm able to articulate and express myself in a way that's respectful and healthy and productive. So I'm going to take a break. I'm going to press pause on this for a while, right? And I want to give you like a four-part structure of things to include if that's the decision that you want to make or the tool that you want to try. So you want to express your experience, right? So I'm feeling or thinking, I'm feeling really defensive right now. I'm feeling really unheard right now. I'm feeling really upset and hurt right now. Okay, so that's the first sentence. Then you're going to say what you're going to do, right? So I'm going to take a break from this conversation right now, right? And notice that this is about what you're going to do and not what you need them to do, right? We're not saying I'm feeling defensive or I'm feeling really hurt, so I need you to apologize. No, (laughs) right? We don't get to sort of demand that but you do get to create a boundary for yourself. And a boundary is all about what you're going to do for you to maintain your own well-being and to maintain the integrity of the kind of conversation that you want to have, right? So I'm feeling really defensive. So I'm going to take a break from this conversation. Let's, I'm going to push pause, right? And then you're going to share why you're doing that. You're going to state your positive intent, right? I don't want to fight with you. I really want this to be a peaceful conversation. And I want to hear you and I want you to hear me. And I just don't think that I'm able to do that right now. Again, it's I language. I'm not able to do that right now. And then you're going to tell them what your next steps are, right? Because for some people, if you take a break in the middle of the conversation, it triggers their own anxiety. And then they're like, wait, no, we have to finish this conversation. You can't just walk away, right? And so... Many times, just providing that next step can help them anchor themselves that they're not being dismissed. They're not being sort of like abandoned in a conversation 
but that you're going to come back. And then tomorrow, let's try again, right? So the whole conversation would look like I'm feeling really defensive. I don't want to argue with you, right? So I'm going to take a break from this conversation. I really want it to go well. I really want to hear you. I want you to hear me. I want to feel heard. I'm sure you want to feel heard. And so I'm going to just press pause and take a break. Let's try again tomorrow. I think I'll be able to get myself to a better place to have this conversation with you again tomorrow. Okay. So that's one strategy you can use. I love this one. I love them all. (laughs) But I really love this one because I think sometimes we're afraid to articulate what we really need in a conversation. And then the last strategy that I want to offer you is the strategy of appreciation and just saying thank you. Which I know if you're in a conversation that is getting to the point of an argument, you're not thinking about thanking your partner. But I want you to think about something that you can appreciate about the conversation and even appreciate about the intensity with which both of you are expressing yourselves. Because as we talked about yesterday, like in a marriage, you are both doing the best you can, but you're also doing the best you can with the goal of trying to be happy with each other. So anytime you're having an intense conversation, it's because there's intense feelings there and an intense desire. And so even if you're really upset with them, it's because you actually care. And could you get to the place of appreciating that? It's like, listen, I don't really like the way we're going about this conversation, but I can appreciate that we're having this conversation. I can appreciate that you're willing to listen to me. I can appreciate that you're even open to communicating with me and letting me know what's upsetting you as well, right? So it's finding something to appreciate because that appreciation is really showing that even though we're missing each other right now, we really do want the same thing and we really are trying to achieve the same goal, right? Thank you so much for joining me. Bye. Now, if you loved this episode, you will want to download a free resource I created called 13 Beliefs to Hold On To When Marriage Gets Tough. Download it at bit.ly forward slash 13 Marriage Beliefs. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash 13 Marriage Beliefs. And of course, I will be back with you next week. Until then, commit to loving your marriage again.